0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Real quick before I jump into this. I've been getting a lot of nice stuff in the mail uh, recently, and I don't always say anything about that because I don't know if people want me to talk about it online or whatever. I see some people do that kind of stuff. The dog's putting toys on me now. Um, But like... uh, My friend Tracy Pinter, who teaches in, like, I thought she taught, I thought she was in Oregon for some reason until I got her package in the mail. I think because it's Pearl Jam, I just figured she was in, like, the Seattle area. Um, So Tracy Pinter sent me this drumstick, and it is autographed, and it is by a drummer. She says she's from Ohio. There she is. Um, From... So Pearl Jam is like my favorite band of all time. I don't really talk about it because it's like so personal to me and close to me that I just don't really bring it up. But their first drummer ever, Tracy Pinter, was hanging out with them the other night because that's what she does, hangs out with rock stars. And he signed this drumstick after he played with that show, I think. And then uh, she sent it to me. And I'm so stoked, man. That was really nice. And then I got like nice cards this week and I got... Oh gosh, just a lot of stuff like sent to me, and I really, really appreciate that. So, um, even I a card. oh, even yeah, my wife got a card this week, and th- that was Sarah. that was fun from Sarah Childs, and that was just lovely. So, thanks a lot for people that like send stuff to us. I really, really appreciate it. I don't know if you want that like brought up online or whatever, but I just figured like, it was just a nice moment. Um, and then I even talked to Summer Tate today, who's on here, and she and I had a conversation about helping students and feeling honored when they like share their story with you and stuff so that was really kind of a special I moment also water. are you drinking my water again yes. here's the thing i get my cup of water and then the children just drink it all the time i even wrote my name in marker on there today too are you showing them can we not hold that over the computer because we're having enough issues already um all right i'm gonna go answer some questions all right i'll let you know if i need your help sound good Later, have fun. All right. So, uh, before I get into all this stuff real fast, I want to just say that this video um, is part of it. is comes from my partnership with um, my connection, my connect with Teachers Connect, which is an online platform for teachers. I talk about every single week. But what, here's what you need to know about it. Am I looking all pixely again and stuff? I don't know what's going on with the internet. We're just going to shoot for the stars here. Uh, but Teachers Connect. It's a place where educators can ask questions. So if you have a question that is, something's plaguing you, you're wondering about something, you go on Teachers Connect, you drop in your question, or you can make a post. Or if you have a YouTube video, you can hook that up and put that on there so people can know about it. And this week, someone was talking, this woman, Stephanie, was saying she just finished her first month of teaching. And she has kids that are like not doing their homework, and then they're kind of like, just not being cool about the fact that she's talking with them about that. So gosh, here we go. Here's comes the neighborhood. Uh, so she was asking like, what should I do about that? I want to call home, but what else could I do about that? And I just think a lot of times just asking the students what you, they think you should do, right? Like, here's what I'm wondering. I want you to do really well. I don't know. Can you see on there if that looks good? Um, they, you know, asking that like sitting down with a student and saying, Hey, like what's going on? I only want the best for you, but this is what I'm noticing and this is what I'm like getting. Is there a story behind this? Like why aren't you doing your homework? Is this something that you just um, don't typically, like You do, are, are you notorious for not doing homework? Do you not have enough time? And sort of giving them a voice instead of just like coming down on them or call just calling home. Like calling home is fine because parents know their kids better than you do probably. Uh, sometimes I feel like I might know a little better, but, um, they, you know, I think that that is, is the way to do it. And so if you want to write anything back to Steffi, you can go right on teachers connect. Um, I will put the link below and then you can just go over to their site. You can sign on there. It's completely free and you can answer her question and give her some help in that direction. So that's it. I think that was everything I wanted to say ahead of time. What do you got wife? Looking for questions? There you go. All right, here we go. Uh, piano, we're just jumping right into these because there's so many questions every week. I can't get to all of them, so I'm just trying to like... It gives my wife agita when we can't get to all the questions, so we're just going to try and help some dudes out. Uh, piano Boy is asking, Hi, Reynolds. I'm a student teacher right now, and I have a quote-unquote problem with students having their phones out. Would you say... Would you have any ideas or solutions to reduce the amount of phones out in class? Thank you. So I do... Um, so I, I think it depends on how old they are. So my ninth graders, you're just not allowed to have your phone out in class. And if I, I will say that, and then if I see your phone, I have a couple of different options. I'll either just say, hey, I need you to put that away. Um, or if someone doesn't put it away, I can take it. And then if they try and do like some kind of power struggle with me, I'm like, bro, I'm not doing a power struggle. So I'll typically like grab your phone. And then if you don't want to let go, i say, I'm really just going to say like count to three and then you have you know an option there um and if they don't want to give it up to me I just take it to the office like I talk to them later I don't let it destroy my class or anything like that um sometimes it turns into a private conversation where I say look you know the fact is is that you're probably addicted to your phone and that's going to just hurt your ability to do the work and the work is what comes first in this class And so sometimes like laying it out for kids and letting them know why it's important to put their phone away without sort of vilifying them for it. Because I know I'm constantly looking at my phone all the time as well. But like having that conversation, I think just helps sort of treat the student like they're an adult or at least like they're a big kid if you're dealing with small children. And that's all anyone wants, I think. It's just respect. And then, you know, I have, I went to... uh, Harbor Freight, which is like the, uh, the Aldi of Home Depot worlds and they have like these long six foot strips and it's all plugs on there. I plug it in my wall and I tell kids that they can plug it in on the side, but bro, if you plug it in, can't touch it. So while it's over there, it's off limits, even if it starts flashing or buzzing or whatever, just make sure you put it on mute or silent and then you can plug it in over there. And that, those few things like really help manage that situation almost completely. Uh, Jennifer Nicole is asking do you have any language learners this year I do not Um, I don't get a lot of students from like uh, so most of my students are African American and I have like a few Hispanic students but uh, they're not ESL from what I know and they and even African American students like I get students like from Nigeria sometimes or from um, Ghana, stuff like that, but they all know English well. So I don't, I'm not dealing with any of that. Sure. Although in the past, I've definitely dealt with it. When I taught in Camden, I had tons of students that were like, just came here from Mexico or Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico or something like that. And, um, then we would, we would work with that as necessary. Uh, my good friend, the diary of a mad black, black teacher I just a comment. I said, Yes, I've had a very bad Friday. I don't know what to do at this point. Um, you know, I think here's what you do. I think talking about it is is a good move, Ruth. Like, just talking to friends and kind of getting it out does something with it. And I think, you know, one of the things I was talking to when I mentioned I did a phone call this morning with Summer Tate. Like, Summer and I were talking about how. This is part, we're all part of the community here, right? Like, so maybe, you know, if you can't get through to me, you connect with someone else on here. And the beauty of the internet is that the, the education community, the teacher community is not just the folks that you're in your school with, because they might not be what you need. And so the fact that you could reach out to someone and that like, you know, I have a friend uh, that I'm not, I won't bring her name up because I don't know that she wants her stuff out there that had a very difficult end of the week last week. And then we like, were texting back and forth and we did a phone call today. I was able to give her some advice and I hope that she felt better after that. But I'm just thinking in terms of you know, how wonderful that is that even folks on the internet look, I mean, it's 2018, right? Like most of you are like meeting, like hooking up online with people anyway. Like how, how is this any different? I mean, we're just being a support system for one another that doesn't exist, um, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. So, is that a name? Yeah, I don't know. Um, This question from... Bro, I can't even try that one. Spell it. C-O-G-R-Y-U is asking... If you're new, I mean, you'll quickly note that I don't know how to say anything. Said, I already messaged you on Instagram, but ask you here as well i'm a first year teacher at a tough school my procedures are a flop how do i salvage the rest of the year you keep pivoting right you keep moving the needle towards the good right so here's the gig there did you really just make that <laughs> stop again? don't you dare don't you dare say what i just did what just you I know won't. what i was referencing. i know what you were referencing and that was a really good <laughs> reminder but the fact that you just did that was hilarious so I came up with this new idea the other day, right? Which is like uh I was calling it Teach Like a DJ. I was talking to someone on the phone and they uh because every once in a while I do like phone calls with people that email me. And so this gentleman was saying, like, if I, I have this lesson and if it's on it's based on hip hop, and what do I do if the kids don't buy into it? What do I do if they don't like it? Do I just push through and make them like um make them like learn what, they, what it is that they, they need to know or, or like finish it because I put all this work into it. And I thought, no, because what party or wedding have you ever been to that the DJ will eventually, uh, right? They play a song that clears the dance floor. Like everybody was having it. Then they played some jam that everyone was like, yeah, I'm not gonna dance to this Bon Jovi song or whatever and they get off the dance floor. If you're a good DJ, you stop the song. You mix it into something else that keeps the flow going. You want to keep the energy high and keep everyone moving. But if you clear the dance floor, you don't go, Nope, I already I committed to the song. I'm going to play it and we're going to listen to it till the end. No, that is like, that's like, I don't know. It's just a bad move. I was going to make another metaphor, but I decided against it. So I think if you teach like a DJ, you are playing that jam, and then when it gets to the part where you are failing or when the st- when the audience isn't buying it, you have to flip the script and you bring up something else or change your lesson up. And it doesn't matter how long you worked on that. It doesn't matter how much work and time you put into it. It doesn't matter how much you liked it. You can like a present a whole bunch, but if you give it to someone and they don't like it, you got to get them something else, I think. Like you just can't be like, "No, you will like that." So, I, that's I think remembering that um, your, your, all your procedures that you've been trying, just keep pivoting, keep trying new stuff and te- treat it like an experiment because every year you're going to get a new crop of students. And then you if you've tried a lot of different stuff, then the next year you can start with all your greatest hits and then you, you kick it from there and then you, you do the same thing again, keep experimenting. And when things go wrong, you rework what you're doing and then you keep going from there. The year is never, ever a wash, no matter what teacher tells you that. They will say, like, if you lose the kids in the first day or the first week or the first month, you're screwed. That's nonsense. You can still do it. I, I know that you can. Um, so just keep trying new stuff, and it will be okay. Uh, Niz Art is asking, I'm a, new, I'm a new middle school art teacher. I'm starting a, what does that mean? PBL zombie project. I'm not sure what that means. Cause I'm project based learning. Oh yeah, girl. Look at me. <laughs> Look at you project based learning. That's what we're gonna, that's what we think it means. Um, zombie project. I already like this with my kids and I'm worried about making groups. Is it okay to have some groups be more advanced level than others? Yep. And then like um, make a rubric and score those kids harder or don't let all the kids pick their own groups. I, I rarely do that unless I really, really know the kids. Uh, because then you get like groups of friends and not groups of kids that are going to work well together. So they, um, so I think that that is just fine, but like let kids know, like push them a little harder or grade them a little harder. If you have groups that you think are of a more advanced level, um, it's not about being fair. It's about being equal and equal is going to look different from one group to another. And so I think that that is just fine to do that. What you got there, love? Uh, It's Marissa, one, two, three, four, five, is saying, I have a question, Reynolds. I am a first year teacher teaching eighth grade English. I have a student who has already had OSS and is always disrespectful to me. Should I do a parent conference? So you could do a parent conference. I think that those are totally legit. Um, I would go into the conference like I go into every other conversation, looking for understanding and not looking to win. And I'm not saying you're going to do that, but in, I know that that's a lesson I had to learn like the hard way was you want to just kind of understand what the situation and is so that you can do better and not just like uh, throw a kid under the bus, right? Because that's what I think parents come in on guard. And if you tell a parent something like, look, I'm not interested in winning. I'm not interested in like anything else except for your child doing well. That's all I care about. And like, but you have to believe that also. You can't just like, you know, try and BS them. Uh, but if you go in there with that mindset of like, I just want this kid to do the best that he can be or be the best he can be to have the best year ever and I'm having trouble doing that, that's why I brought you in because you clearly know your child better than I do and I was looking for like some um, tips or tricks or hints or some insight into who your kid is and how they work and how they best, you know, um, deal with discipline and stuff like that. Mario, you banging the table a lot, baby. Um, so that's what I'm, that's what I would, how I would kind of handle that. But I think that's a totally cool idea. Uh, Destiny, Vasquez is saying, I'm a high school senior planning on teaching students in middle school and want to teach special education. Any advice or tips? Um, so Destiny, I think, first of all, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. Uh, they, that's bouncing a lot. It's making the phone move. Um, so I'm thinking... What, what is your reason for wanting to do special education? Because I think if you and you don't have to necessarily answer that, but um, I think most folks that want to especially teach special ed have some kind of story right there. There's a reason that they want to do special education. There's, there's, you know, and if going into it, and maybe you knew someone, you worked with someone before. There was some kind of situation, like there is. I'm trying to think of something um there there, if you go in there with that heart you're already going to win the situation I think the second thing that you do is you are oh gosh I don't know why I'm so distracted right now um you are if you go into spaces where there are special education students like if you ask to go and like uh sit in a class for a day or do something in a class for the day um and just start being around those students. It's just going to make you better. It's going to give you that like one-on-one, special like connection with students, and you get to do like real world world learning instead of just like um, just the theory that you're going to learn in college. Uh, what do you got next? Sorry. Uh... Melissa Ellen is asking, do you have any special needs students in your class, ADHD or ASD? Yes, uh, so I have two, two co-taught classes this year. And so I deal with, a lot of students that have ADD and a number of other issues. Uh, and so I try to, you know, I'll say this. In my school, we try and do a really, really good job of accommodating those students. But due to any number of things, like lack of personnel, less of, lack of experienced personnel, folks that leave um, lack of funds, we just don't always have what every single kid needs, right? And, I, and even I just think that that is the case most of the time unless you go to a very specific school. So I think I, I always look at IEPs as like sort of a, a jumping off point where like that's where you start and then what other sort of modifications can you put into this while you're, while you're like uh, dealing with those as well? So like what else are you? able to do can you make standing desks or sitting desks or flexible seating can you um, in it may be in your classroom you can't fit all those kids in the front row that it says you have to fit in the front row so how can you accommodate for that or move kids around and I just think that that's a really great way to be able to 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 like help the IEP go a little bit further um, and really help those kids like succeed as best that they can um, see who's next uh i'm sorry this is a little bit convoluted this evening but uh, as a first year teacher this is mel m is saying as a first year teacher i'm very surprised by the culture of us versus them any thoughts on why this is it's just so unproductive um and then i see jennifer nicole asked a question too that i skipped over but i'll get back to that in a moment um you know i don't i don't know. I, I, Right, that feels like our whole culture, at least in the US right now, is us versus them, right? It's like you're either on this side of things or you're on this side of things. You either support this candidate or this administration or you don't. You're either for this or against this. And I just think that I, I'm not sure why that is because that would cause me to have to speculate, which is something I try not to do ever. But I think having the conversation with people and meeting them where they are. And then being able to actually talk about it is really, really beneficial. Um, so if there is an us versus them, like I, what I try to do is like get the people I feel like are on my side or the people that back me or the people that think like me. And then ha- how do we have a conversation with kind of the other side um, to work this out, to make it work, to make it something that is productive instead of something that's like destructive. And... So yeah, I just think that that's how I kind of imagine that stuff working out because it can be, especially if you're talking about like admin and teachers or school board versus, you know, the, the people in the community, like it's, it can often feel that way. But when we can meet on a people level, I think that we can always work things out a lot better than if we meet on like the sort of like official, um, level where like everything you say is being recorded and it's going to be used against you in the court of law kind of a thing, I think that's just a, a, it's not a smooth way to go. Um, that moved. Oh, it didn't. Oh. oh wait, I answered that one. It oh, uh, oh right here. it was one. Top what? Top one. Oh, top right one. Uh, Mrs. Magical Monica is saying, What reading strategies do you have for ninth graders who read on third and fifth grade reading level? Uh, So I have, I think I have a lot of them. So we do something called the uh, map test. And the map test is supposed to give you sort of like a basic level of where your students are. I don't know how much I believe in it all the time because I just think that sometimes it's like, Uh, did that student try on the test or did they not try? Because if they didn't try, maybe they do have a higher reading level, but it shows as they're presenting as lower because they didn't put the effort into the test or they didn't feel like taking the test. So if I do have lower level reading kids, we're using something this year called Think Circa, which is the word think, C-E-R-C-A. And it's a program that our school got that essentially takes Let's say you want to read an article on on anything. Um, you find the article, you go onto their website, and you um, can put in the reading level of the student, and then it changes the art. It will either change articles so there you get different types of articles that are on proper reading level, or you get things that are just changed. So they will have. Um, there's another website that does this also, but. They'll change some of the wording so that it changes the lexile level of what the students are, are learning. Um, I'm also gonna start doing stuff like supplementing. Uh, I'm working something out with Scholastics where I'm gonna start using Scholastic in my classroom to sort of like supplement some of the material that we're using now, also, so that there's this, so that not everything is based on the novel we're reading, but it's also based on other reading uh, pieces as well. I think also ordering books for your students if you have that capability and making sure that kids have books that are at their Lexile level or at their reading level for your class. And and what that does is it builds in success. So, you know, kids can, so I might have a kid like reading uh, this Kevin Durant book, which looks like it's a, I forget what it is, but it looks like it's about like a fourth grade reading level, something like that. Um, and, but... No one else that's in the classroom has any idea what reading level this is. They're just reading, they just know they're reading a book about Kevin Durant, which all of my students, well, most of my students love anyway. And it sort of has this, this mask that like, yeah, we're all doing independent reading and no one really knows what level everyone else's stuff is on. And that helps also because what I think makes kids better readers, aside from like special tutoring with like a Wilson tutor or something like that, is just reading more. Uh, Boda Gibson is asked. I don't know why I said your name like that. And that was weird. Uh, Boda Gibson is asking, I am a senior in high school and I hate English class. For a, From a teacher's perspective, what can I do? I would say, look... Oh, gosh. I, what's that? You might have good reason to hate the class. Yeah, yeah so, so one to one, my teacher. wife is saying, you might have good reason to hate the class. Right? Right? If the teacher sucks, then like there's maybe not a whole lot you can do. But I think... I know there's times as a teacher that I look at the kids and I think if the kids, like I can come in full of energy, excited about what we're gonna learn, but if I'm met with apprehension, then that lesson doesn't go anywhere. And sometimes it has nothing to do with me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it has everything to do with me. I picked the wrong lesson, I didn't teach it the right way, I came in with the wrong energy, I presented it the wrong way or whatever it was. But sometimes it's the students, and if the students get excited about what's going on in class, it makes the teacher more excited, right? Like, if you want someone to cook more for you or to enjoy cooking for you, but every time they cook something, you go, I guess, is this, is this what we're eating tonight? Is, Whoa, this, he commented is this the best thing you have? Why? Same student, okay. Um, they, it just They're not going to want to cook for you anymore, but if you can say, hey, I really like what you tried to do today. Like you could actually say this to your teacher. Hey, I really saw what you were trying to do today and I really appreciate it. Or like, thanks for all of your hard work. Or I appreciate you showing up every day. That stuff, like everyone loves comments and it's positive comments, compliments, praise. Everybody likes that. Even grownups coming from a kid, it makes you feel good when a kid says, this is my favorite class. Or like, I really loved what you did today. It makes it better to be in that class. And so the follow-up to that was, it's boring and the teacher will give us A bunch of texts on a subject but then pushes their beliefs on us and the topic is just uh, uninteresting but we have to do it because it's of the curriculum so look I will say some schools the teachers are just fed what they're supposed to be doing they have zero ability to like be able to pick it But, but and that might be actually I'm gonna say that's what some teachers would think I think you can always sneak stuff in there. I don't care how your school rolls it out, but I think you can sneak your own kind of stuff in there. Um, and if it's for the kids, then you're going to do it. I would argue back. I would have the conversation. I would say, no, I don't I don't believe that. Or like push back on their beliefs. Or the even better thing is to, um, if you know what they're going to say next, right? Like, so part of learning about persuasive writing is knowing what the other side's going to say if you can learn more about their side and then say and then and then practice your argument it's just going to make for a more fun class cuz you're sort of the devil's advocate and doing that in a respectful way can make class even more fun cuz you're kind of beating them at their own game and they you know you might get a teacher that enjoys that i'm not saying to do that like you're trying to outsmart them so you can like destroy them but it might just make it more interesting in class honeybee is asking um, a training teacher, do you have any advice on good questioning? I teach secondary level. So good questioning for students, I think is one just basic checking for understanding. I, I like connecting things to their lives. I like I think anytime you can connect a lesson to a student's life, it just makes it more interesting. when you can get a kid to tell a little bit of their story, so like what um, song best represents your life and then you turn that into, the story, or if you can say like, what's a time, what's the strangest thing you ever saw in your life? What's a time, these are all journal entries I've used in the last few weeks as we're reading the Odyssey. So I'll say like, what was the best advice you've ever been given? What was a time that someone really helped you out? Um, uh, or my, my homie, Mr. Fines, my co-teacher, asked the kids the other day, like what is, if you, um, if someone suddenly gave you everything you ever wanted in the world, would you be suspicious and why? Um, Who is your hero in your life who's someone that you would call a hero and why so I think making those connections to students lives is my Those are my favorite questions because it takes the text and it makes it real and It allows the students to tell a little bit of their story and you're far more likely to get them the right and to answer if they're talking about something They know with certainty What do you got there? Ruth. Ruth is asking I have a student who is out of control. He screams and throws things. I've done all that is available to me. It is stopping the learning in my room. Um, you know, so I don't know. Like emotional, disturbed, or yeah. like ASD. I, I, I'm wondering, like, I would, you know, so look, I, I'm. you're experienced, and so I'm sure you've tried a lot of stuff, but I would just reiterate to anyone that hasn't tried this kind of stuff, like making sure that you're talking to the special ed department, making sure that you're talking to... The counselor at the school um making sure you're you're noting things so that when it if it if something does happen with this um there is sort of like a, a set something in writing so that everybody knows like the steps that you've been trying to take um because they're just going to ask you that stuff anyway not as a way to like kind of like punish the kid or like make a record for them or something like that sure it's like a private um, document I think I always think having those one-on-one conversations with the kid and if you can't get through to that kid making it a group conversation where it's like all their teachers are sitting together or at least the ones that they might react the best to are kind of sitting in a group with that student and having that conversation in a very real way <clears throat> can show that the teachers are all together that they deeply care about the student um, they're seeking to understand what's going on and I think that that kind of stuff helps with those kind of kids um but you know that's a tough question to answer when i don't know the student i don't know the situation i haven't been there so but that's i think that my starting off point it's getting hot in here because my wife put on the space heater because it was she thinks it's cold like we just had the air conditioning on like three days ago and now we have yeah but it dropped from like hot to like it did we went from we went from vietnam to canada real quick and i'm not sure in a day yeah so Michael Silva is asking, I look like like Forrest Gump with my shirt on like this right now. Um, Michael Silva is, or Sylvia is asking, hey CJ, what's the most professional way to let counselors know that they are overstepping because I am a first year teacher and they quote unquote influence me. I don't think it's fair if I lower my expectations. I would, Michael, I would say, first of all, learning how to have those difficult conversations, the best way to do it is to just do it. And I would say, look, I always start conversations like that off of this. Look, I need to talk to you about something because this is how I'm seeing it. And I just want to talk about that, right? Because oftentimes the way we're seeing things is not the way that they actually are. That like other people might be saying something and they think it's coming from a totally different way. So when my wife and I have arguments, a lot of times I'll get like pissed about something and she's like, Dude, that's not even what I was talking about. That's not even what I was saying. I was saying this. And it's like, oh, well, like the way you were saying it made me think this other thing. And so, and then really taking them at their word, right? That's another thing. If you ask someone what they meant by something, not, you have to believe what they're saying. There's, there's no value in not believing what they're saying. And then act on that. Say, this is how this is making me feel and this is what I'm thinking. And remember that if they are, Like the, the, the aged teacher in the, in the situation, they might know more than you or better than you. So it's, it's valuable to let that in and then say, all right, well, I hear what you're saying, like truly listening to them, a hundred percent listening to them. And then saying, what is, what can I, like, this is how that's making me think or feel. And then just having that conversation. So you're not telling them to stop doing what they're doing or you're, you're overstepping your bounds even though that's what you're thinking, it's like, look, this is what I'm noticing. And this is how this is making me feel. I just wanted to talk to you about it because you know, I know that what you want is for the best for me and for the best for the students. So like, but these things don't seem to be adding up. Can we have a conversation about that? And then that makes folks not defensive and able to just have the conversation sometimes. Uh, Kimberly Wallback is saying, Kate is blowing up your phone right now. She's clearly not watching the live feed. Because Kate, the sleepy teacher, is like she's texting. texting yeah, she's yeah. texting you. Oh, sorry, Kate. Come on, Kate. Um, Kimberly Wallback is saying, do you ever give students rewards or treats for Halloween, or are they too old in high school? No way, man. No one's too old for treats. So first of all, what I do is, all my children are over there, take all the worst candy out of my kids' baskets, right? All the stuff that looks like it's like a gummy Spongebob camera. Kate, hamburger. text CJ's phone. All right. So they, um, they, and then I bring all that stuff in. I take in like... I have a whole bat. Where do we get those lollipops from? Is Mars party or something? The swirly ones? Yeah. Yeah, she hates them. <laughs> so Marley got these lollipops for her birthday that she hates. And they're like the swirly ones. But they're like pretty big size. Like the size of a cookie. And I just bring them in. And then I, if someone's doing a great job, I go, hey, you want a lollipop? And then they always want them. And then it makes other kids like, how oh, come on, I don't want get a lollipop, bro? Because you didn't do your work. I'm just trying to like hook it up for the guys that are doing good, good jobs. Um... Here's the trick though, right? Because after 30, your pants stop growing with you and, they, and things get tight sometimes. So you gotta keep candy in your drawer that you will not eat. So I keep things like Jolly Ranchers, Lifesavers. Um, we're a peanut-free school, so like I can't have anything that has peanuts in it, uh, which really helps me because then I don't have Snickers and Reese's peanut butter cups that I end up eating myself anyway. But having crap in there that you're not going to eat. I find dum-dums, go to BJ's, get one of those big giant bags looks like a pillowcase full of candy, and then I'm never going to eat those things. But oh, the kids shit. love them. Kids love even the worst candy. Did you lose the question? I did, son of a bitch. Babe, something. that, person, I was texting that person might be in a hurry. And now they are... I got it. I got it. All right, good. <laughs> Shirley Martini is asking... What are your thoughts on class, quote oh, unquote, class? Martini. I, so do I. Shirley Martini sounds like the greatest name. <laughs> right? Like, if you had that friend, you would just be like, this is my friend, Shirley Martini. <laughs> like, you would never say this her first or last name. It's Shirley Martini. Um, sounds classy. Uh, what are your thoughts on, quote unquote, classroom economy systems for middle school students? Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I think. Think is that like giving points or like giving rewards to kids or allowing them to like does Rafe like? Esquith do a classroom I think Rafe like, Esquith does with it. With like money. Yeah. Right? So I would do so. Here's what I'm gonna point you to. Um What is that name of that first Rafe Esquith book? I don't know, and I can't even look it up because I don't have two phones. Ah, cause we're not on the, cause the internet's being taken up. Um there's I'm gonna link it below somewhere. Rafe Esquith has a book. His first book that he came out with, and he does a classroom economy system, because I, now I know what you're talking about. And his is brilliant. He lays out how he did. Now, his is, like, off the charts, ridiculously amazing. But he even talks to you about, like, how you can do that on, on like, a like a very low budget Um and so I, or no budget. So I would, I'm going to link his book below. You can grab it on Amazon or whatever. And he just lays it out perfectly. And it's, it's awesome. And it's, he does a way better job than I could sort of explain it here. So sorry, that was a lame answer. But, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good track record every once in a while. Shirley Martini comes along with a question that just, can't <laughs> answer. You go. sorry, sorry, Shirley Martini. <laughs> That's the best. Let's change our kids names. Um, Donna Mathis is asking, do you assign students in order to mix things up? Uh, how often might you change the seating arrangement? So um, I start off by doing having, I like to adjust your eyeballs on there. Oh, gosh, right. sorry. You're yeah, yeah, doing a lot tonight. They, are you keeping your eye on me? Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, I start off in alphabetical order, going up and down rows. If I had it my way, I would never have desks. I would just have flexible seating at this point because it's just so much better. Um, but I do start moving kids around as I think is needed, but then about halfway through the year, I just let kids sit wherever they want. Um, and uh, because I'm better at taking, because the kids are better at coming in and getting started. I'm better at taking attendance and knowing just by faces where everyone is and what they're doing. Um, and it just makes, it gives kids more ownership over the classroom and the more comfortable I feel like I can make kids in the classroom, the better they do in my class And so, but I keep it pretty tight in that alphabetical order for the first half of the year, at least. And then you can sit on the windowsill. You can sit under the desks. You can sit on the couch. You can sit on the floor you can do whatever makes you, um, a better student that day. Uh, three, six, six, two Eduardo is saying, uh, advice on speaking with parents. Hi Reynolds. Hi Eduardo. Um, yeah. Make it about the student. Don't ever make it about winning. Make it all about what's best for the student, what you're noticing and not in a bad way, but like what I'm noticing this and I want your kid to do better. How do you suggest I do it? And I think as even as a parent, I like when teachers ask me that. I like when teachers ask me like, I'm noticing Brody or Marley are doing this and I'm not sure what to do. And I can say, yeah, this happens at home sometimes. This is how we handle it. And uh, I think that that's just a, a good move. And then, um, trying, like, coming up. All right, all right. Trying to come up with what you do when your kid Fortnite dances in the back of your video. No, uh, like, positive, um, things to say about kids often. Uh, Parents, and then making parents really listen to that. Some parents just want to hear the bad stuff because they want to hear what's going on. So, like, making sure that you're doing that as well. Make sure you fill that up for me, buddy. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. You lose one? Are you reading comments? Bro, we'll go fill uh, that up, please. Stop. Enough. Um, Melissa Ellen is saying Is that what I'm reading? Yeah, top one? Oh. No. I don't. Oh, you just you did that one. I'm sorry. That one? No. Kimberly Walbeck. Oh, Kimberly Walbeck is asking What is the best way to work with teachers who. Teacher who's in learning support and does not communicate very well. Uh, I think, oh, man, no, that's tough. What is the best way to work with a teacher who is a learning support teacher and does not communicate? I'm thinking, I, now look, this is, not, this is not an easy answer. I think either finding, is there someone, is there some other class that they're also working with? Um, is there like, uh, hey bro, could you move over a little bit? Thank you. Um, is there someone they've worked with in the past and maybe you can tap in with them and say hey look I'm just wondering like I noted that you worked with this person last year or you work with this person during the day also what is your dynamic like and what did you do to make it the best that it could be and so you're not going and saying like here's all the crappy stuff that they're doing and I and I'm trying to like figure that out but you're instead saying what is the best thing that they can like what's the best way you can maximize your relationship and then maybe also talking to the learning support teacher and saying, hey look, I'm just trying to see how do you think things are going this year um, and what do you think we can do to e- make it even better? Like are there things I'm missing? So make it about you. Are there things I'm missing or things I'm not doing or the things I could do better so that we can make this year even, like make this our time together the best that it can be. And then that will start that conversation. It will, like, it will very much be, give you, what are we doing? Um, we are, so you're, Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted because my kids are watching TV too loud. Uh, they, so I think that having that conversation and making about you gives you the in to then say, okay, yeah, well that's, that's some good stuff. And I think, you know, this is, these are some ways that you could like, um, kind of like, dial it up or dial it down or with that we could work more in tandem together so you're you're making it about you initially and then having the conversation about what could possibly be going on with them uh next question is it not the top? have i ever lost control no, that? that's oh okay i didn't know it was right uh evan dl is saying can men be lower elementary K two teachers? I'm afraid if I pursue it, I'll be presented with parent and admin questioning my intentions. I volunteer at low EL and loved uh, every minute of it. I would say this. I would say yes. I think that men are are always kind of looked for in, in that space from my experience. Like, and I always thought it was interesting that my my children always had like female teachers. Like exclusively until like my son has one has had one co-teacher who's been wonderful when he was in like fourth grade but other than that it's been all female teachers and look and, and i think that's i think that's good for this reason i think it's wonderful when my students see um a diversity in the workplace people working together and seeing that like men and women can work together people of different ethnicities and religions can all work together and how they communicate and 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 what that looks like provides a really healthy look as to like um, how people can connect and and get along and and do good work together. Whereas like if you're not putting that diversity in the workplace, it looks very, it's just everything looks the same all the time and the kids don't get that sort of feel. So I would say go for it. I'd say go for whatever your passion is and whatever you are the most excited about because the last thing you want is someone that felt like they should have been teaching like first grade or kindergarten teaching 6th grade or ninth grade or 12th grade and knowing that that's not really their jam in that age. Um, Om- Omni Helix is saying, try to consider... Wait. Wait, I think this is a question. Uh, try to consider, if you can, 6th grade ELA. I have my 5th period directly after lunch and I cannot seem to get control over them regardless of the positive or negative reinforcement. So, I think that was a question to me. Um, I would say... Gosh, you know, I, I, this is how I handle this. I have a class on Fridays that's it's laid out very, very weird. I have them for like 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Then they leave and go to lunch for a half an hour. And then they come back after lunch for like another 30 minutes. And it is, it's like they left real great and we had a great first part. Then they went to lunch and then it got, became crazy town. And then they come back to class. And I just stop kids and note like, look, we need to stop for a moment. This can be a fantastic class. And I have this, this, and this that I need to get done. Um, But right now, we can't do it like this. There's not a chance in the world that this is gonna work. And so this is what I need to see. This This is the expectation that I have for this moment. And sometimes that works. Sometimes laying it out for kids and saying, this is what I'm seeing, but this is what I need. I need us to all come together so that we can do this. And then asking everyone if they're willing to do that. No one's going to say no. And if they do, I just make fun of them and then move on. But I just think that that's, that's the best way to kind of handle that. Um, also, or, And if not, I have a megaphone that I bought from Kohl's for $8 last Christmas and maybe two Christmases ago. My wife got it for me. And I just hold that thing up and it blows over everyone's voices and shocks everyone. And then, then you got them. Once you can hook them, a lot of times you got them. And so... That's yes, what I did. Did I just treat kids like fish? Yep. But if that's what works, that's what works. Uh, Ricardo De, De Luna is saying, Have you ever lost, lost control and felt embarrassed while trying to teach your students? Yes. I've almost lost control several times this evening because someone was banging the table over here. My son started watching the live feed on the television behind me and I could hear myself. There's a lot of moving and dancing and stuff going on. Sometimes, I just can't handle it anymore. Uh, I have a hundred percent lost control and so if I do if not that day the next day I always apologize not because I got not because I got mad not I don't um, I know the kids were doing something that they weren't supposed to probably and that's why I was getting aggravated but I I know that that's not how I want to present I want to present on a different level and so I'll say look what you were doing was wrong and my getting mad was okay but I should not have done this. I should not have yelled. I should not have like lost my cool. I should not have whatever you did. And I think what that does for kids is it models what it looks like to apologize, to be wrong. It lets the kids know that you're wrong and you're not perfect all the time. And that um, I think that does something for students. It makes you more of a human being. And you know, th- I think that that just is what has worked for me. Now, there are times when I lose my cool and it's calculated. So I might have a kid that's acting up in the back of the class and I will will raise my voice or I'll put them on blast. But then I always, always turn to the class and smile afterwards or let somebody know that, like, I got this under control. Because what that does is sometimes when you lose your cool, it just kills the whole vibe in your class. That Now everyone is, like, not paying attention and you don't want that to happen. And so um, if I can just smile, even if I'm... Furious inside if I can just like smile at somebody and they know oh, man All right, you were doing that on purpose then it lets me go back into my lesson and build from there because That's because otherwise you have to build that momentum up again um, And no one wants to no one wants to hang with you after you like sort of like just put the whole class on blast or yell to everyone uh, Diamond flame 45 is saying how long should I? How long should you teach before you decide to switch careers? So I'm assuming that is not going well for you in the classroom and I would say this, look, every, every class is going to be different. Every school is going to be different. Um, so like my classes from year to year are drastically different. I've been teaching primarily ninth grade since I started teaching, but you know, last year I had a very trying class that came through my, my doors. Um, this year it's a, largely a very, very easy class so far where like everyone is like, I have a real just cool group of dudes. Some years I've had really great staff around me and it's made my year easier and we've had a lot of fun we've been able to do like crazy awesome things for the students and for one another. And then other years people shift or they move or they quit and it sucks. So I'd say there's no real answer for that in terms of like how many years, but maybe it's, um maybe what you're doing now isn't the best fit maybe a better school would be would be a better fit or a gra- better grade level because then you'd be around a different group of people teaching that grade level and so sometimes that helps as well what do you got there buddy um i'm sorry my wife is in charge of filing the well, questions but we only have that? one phone tonight because i'm recording the rest of this on the phone did you do that one? Uh, that one you just yep, that's the one I just did. Oh, sorry. I was reading stuff. Sorry. I still love you. Here, You're doing a, drink a great job. Take a drink of water? Yeah. I know, my dad cup. I Someone wrote name disliked our it. video, apparently. <laughs> oh, probably because I was getting mad at our children in the background. Uh, oh. Um, oh. Regina Foster Hillard is saying, I moved back home after a divorce. In a year and a half, I haven't been able to get hired in a classroom. Uh, would you consider teaching a subject that you don't want or changing careers? Oh, gosh. So, Regina, first of all, I love that name. That was my mom's name. Um, I think, it for me, it would depend on how different the subject was. So, I've often thought it would be fun to teach history, right? And if you teach Title One, like, they'll hire you. You'll be it. A certified English teacher and they're like, Oh, we need you to teach science. So go ahead and teach science, even though you don't know anything about it. Um, I think some of that stuff would be fun, right? Like I think it go, it's about like what your mindset is and what your level of comfortability is. So like, are you willing to go into a classroom and like rewrite all the curriculum perhaps, or like, or do they give you the curriculum? Um, how much can you tie some of that old stuff that you used to do or used to teach into that? So I think history and English are very closely related, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go teach like math or something like that because then everybody would fail, including me, and that would just be embarrassing to everyone. Um, or like maybe taking a drastic like grade level change, like are you willing to teach sixth grade as opposed to 12th grade in the past? So I think some of that is really what I would look into and then how far are you willing to kind of like move or change things up and then look, I, this is what I would say to that. Also, I have never been divorced, but I've, I've had some really heavy life changes come my way, um, at different times of my life. And I would say, I think maybe the, maybe the last thing you want to do is have some other like hectic change, something crazy where you're like changing careers after that. But you might feel like a place in your life where you're feeling a lot of growth and you're feeling like, Free or you're feeling good about yourself or your situation and feeling like, yeah, I'm going to like, I'm just going to start everything over again. And that could be awesome too. But I think it's about like whatever you're feeling in your gut is, is, is the move is that's actually the move. So I don't know if that was the best answer, but, um, yeah, maybe somebody else can answer that as well. But I just, I hope the best for you, Regina, uh, lightning storm fights is asking, how do you deal with the student that sleeps the whole class? I have a water pistol and I shoot kids with it sometimes and that wakes them up. Or I write their name on the board and just start writing things about them and say like, you will continue to fail the class if this happens. Or I just wake them up and I ask things like, were your children up all night? I'm sorry, was your baby up all night? And they go, no, I don't have a baby. Well then you have no reason to sleep in class so you need to wake up. Or talking to the kid. I think a lot of times kids have stuff going on and we don't always know what it is. Someone might not get along with their family. Someone might be in foster care. Someone might sleep in a room with too many people or whatever the case is. Um, I've had kids that have had to work the late shift and they're very tired in the morning. And that doesn't give them an excuse necessarily, but it helps to put you in the know. And when you can meet them where they are and when you can learn what their story is, then you can oftentimes like understand that kid and, and move from there instead of just crushing them. So I have a kid that's sleeping right now in my class also. He is about halfway through the day I have him, and every single day. He's either not at school, he comes in super late, or he falls asleep. Or all three somehow. Like, he won't be in school all day, he shows up late, and then sleeps for the rest of the class. And on Friday, I told him, there's no chance that he's watching this, but if you are, bro, remember that I remembered this. I said, look, I want you to know that I really want you to succeed. And right now, there's not a chance in the world you're succeeding by moving, by what continuing to do what you're gonna do, right? I've seen this, I've taught this, I've taught you so many times before, I can't even believe it. But I want you to know that next week, I want you to prepare to have a conversation with me because we're gonna sit down and we're really gonna talk about this, talk about what you're doing, talk about the repercussions of it, and then talk about how we are possibly going to move forward on this. And he just looked at me and was like, all right, we can do that. And like he knew that that was coming, but I'm gonna have a really real conversation with him next week about that, and then hopefully that turns into something good, um, and so that's that's what I suggest you do. And if that doesn't work, water pistol shoots great. Someone said an air horn, which I thought was air great. horn, air horns can work, but you got to be careful. You don't want like you can get them at the dollar store too. I've used those as well. Um, you don't want to like put it in a kid's ear or like you know, you don't want some parent coming up to the school and saying this teacher put an air horn on my kid's ear and you know blow out their eardrum. Uh, plus. <laughs> The megaphone, it has like a volume adapter. Like you can just slide it up and down. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Zanetti, I think I said that right. Zanetti Santana is saying, I'm an ESL teacher in Brazil. Tomorrow we're going to celebrate Teacher's Day here. Could you send us any word of incentive to cheer us up? Of course I can. Look, you're doing a great job. Even when you don't even know you're doing a great job, you're doing a great job. And so if kids are sharing their story with you, if they're showing up to class, um, if you are just doing your best that you can possibly do, it's enough. You don't have to fix every kid. You don't have to make every single grade go up. You don't have to make every single test score go up. Just showing up with a heart that is that is like trying to do good in the world is enough. And that's 100% what you should be doing and focusing on and not always the outcome because the outcome doesn't always come fast enough for us. It's not always the next day. It's not having lunch with a kid or doing something special for a kid and then the next day they're magically transformed. It's not a magic trick. Sometimes it's a year later, sometimes it's four years later, sometimes 10 years later, you're sitting in the, in the line at the supermarket and some kid walks up to you and says, hey, you know, you said this thing to me one time in class and it really meant a lot to me. And you're like, damn, that was 10 years ago, bro. Like I had brown hair when that happened. So never give up on students ever, ever, ever. And always just keep showing up to work with the best of intentions, and you will do good work. That's that's the end of it. Brazil, I love Brazil. Um, are you reading it? Or? No, go ahead. All right, got good. you. They, they, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Joanne Stevens is saying, "The state labels us as an F school. How do your how do teachers stay positive with this type of stress?" This is. My first year here, but not my first year teaching. Um, Joanne, I would say, look, you know, what are the the odds that your state has ever taught before, right? Like the people that are in these positions high up often have zero idea, or they taught like a year, or their brother taught a year. My mom has taught forever, and I know about what happens in classrooms. They don't really know what's going on, and so I think that I often have students that do not pass um, the the state test, right? Or they don't move up a lot in their, in their yearly testing. But I know, I know what their growth has been, right? And some of those kids have not grown and it is frustrating. But some of those kids that are on a second grade reading level, the idea that they're gonna be at a ninth grade reading level at the end of the year is like asinine, right? It's never gonna happen. So you just, Joanne, just keep focusing on those kids and meeting them where they are and slowly moving that needle up to where they need to be without vilifying yourself or anyone else for the growth of the students, not blaming the parents, not blaming the system. It's like just being growth mindset oriented. And that's it where you're meeting kids and bringing them up to where they need to be is all you ever need to be concerned about. And then I'd say making a community of teachers, however large that can be in your school, whether it's one teacher or two teachers. I mean, cause if you're at a, F level school. I mean, my guess is there's probably pretty high turnover at a school like that, which is probably contributing to that fact also. But like finding teachers you can network with and really create a solid like connection with that you're working as a community of educators and not just as a solo person trying to make all this change. But like, even if it's one, two, three, four of you that you're Getting together and you're like, all right, let's identify these certain students. Let's identify these certain traits that we don't like. Let's identify the fact that no one's doing their homework or that no one's coming in ready or that the kids aren't quiet. And then how do we want to kind of deal with this so that there's some commonality? Now, look, I'm all about autonomy in the classroom, but I think there needs to be some level of of these connection points we're like look we're all not accepting this we're not accepting this we want more from this kid this kid needs to be talked to on the low this kid needs to be met with for lunch this kid needs to have a parent like uh, come in so we can all sit down with them I think that's how you win in those situations is not waiting on the school not waiting on the parents not waiting on the system to change but you all just being for real about what's going on and working to make it better next question that one at the bottom, yeah. Snug Diamond, um, is saying, "What do you do if your students are really late every day and you send and you send them somewhere and they wander around?" I would say, if they're late every day, I give look, I get four points a day in my class for participation. If you're late, you lose a point. Now you have three points. Um, and so, when you come in, I don't send them to go get a pass ever, ever, ever. I, I often just text teachers if someone's going to be late, um, and if a kid comes into my class and asks, because sometimes kids come in and ask for a pass, and I don't want to give them a pass because they weren't in my class, and they're like, no, Reynolds, I'm going to be late to my class. Can you give me a pass? I will say, bro, I got you. I'll just text them, and then I text them and say things like, this kid was just in my class asking for a pass. He wasn't with me, and he should, deserves to be marked late. Tell him at the end of your period so that you don't lose him. Um, and so, this phone's going to die in a second. Um, they, so that's what I would do. And then look, if they're going to be late all the time, I just mark them late and I get them, I write them up and stuff like that. And then I just don't kind of, it's, you can't do anything about that a lot of times because I have 30 other kids in my class that really need help and need instruction. And so it's like, if you don't even want to bother to show up, then I really can't do anything about that all the time. Um, now, if you think it's a kid you need to worry about or you need to like hook up with, I'd talk to them later, but never let that disrupt your class. It's like, you show up late, just sit down, be quiet, jump into where we are. You're already missing what's going down. Um, and you, it's your job now to follow up and, and to figure out what's going on because I can't stop class to, to catch you up if, if you weren't here on time. That's it. Um, so, look. Whew, that was a lot. That was a lot of fast talking. Look, my face looks like I'm getting sunburned because I got this light ring on my face um look bad. if i could not get to any of your questions please feel free to email me i've been rocking questions out on on my email and trying to get people back as quickly as i can um and that's it i don't think i had any questions or asks of anyone this week everybody i hope you have the greatest week ever and we have parent teacher conferences tomorrow so i don't even have to be until 11 but then i'm there till 8 so that could be a thing on so a Monday on a monday go school Uh, I hope you have the greatest week ever. And that's it, y'all. Peace.